0: Oh captain, my captain! Oh captain, my captain! Oh captain, my captain! Oh captain, my captain! Welcome to Oh captain, my captain. Uh, My name is Mark Olver, and I'm here with uh, Ricky Masindo. Hi, Mr. Masindo. Hello, Mark. How's it going? No, I'm all right, except halfway through that uh, Oh, Captain, My Captain, uh, my uh, my memory went to your impression of me doing Oh, Captain, My Captain. Uh, and so I felt slightly inhibited uh, because I said it and I was like, oh, wow, I do sound like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got the exact cadence. Welcome to Oh, Captain, yeah, all right, My yeah, Captain. I, yeah,
0: but, but you're still not. You don't you still don't sound like me. That's what an impression isn't just cadence, mate. You have to start yeah. working on the little bit of Bristolian. Uh you have to for some reason, whenever any of my friends do an impression of me, they always sound like they got emphysemia a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Hello, hello
0: my Hello, my name's Mark Olver. That's John Richardson. <laughs> that's, that's me doing John Richardson's impression of me. Hello, my name's Mark Olver. Who wants some fried chicken and some chocolate? Oh, yeah. I like comparing. <laughs> Matt Ewings uh, does exactly the same impression.
1: I don't know where it comes from. I mean, I kind of get it. But the thing that I relate to the most is the hands. When Finn was waving his hands, going, changing lanes? <laughs> I know there's something about the way, and I don't really
0: notice the way I am anyway. Um, so uh, this is an early one for us, and also I'm not at home; I'm in a hotel. Uh, so I don't know if I sound not just audio quality, but my general demeanor. <laughs> I, I, this is my this is my fifth hotel room. In seven days i think
1: oh wow you're sleeping in a different bed every single day
0: i'm sleeping in a different bed every single day um and um home home a little bit tomorrow night and then off to yeah. manchester and then back down to london it's just uh there's lots of tv warm-up at the moment so i have kind of uh we i have weary eyes i don't know if you can see my weary (laughs) eyes
1: would you like to describe to the noble listener my uh, my weary eyes they look like someone you would see at a bus stop who you knew you don't want to fuck with oh okay i
0: like that yeah i will absolutely take that um Tell me about you, because I've been uh, stalking you on social media at the moment because I'm not doing any real gigs because I'm doing TV warm up. Um, <laughs> you did a gig in Exeter the other
1: day? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. In Exeter, the Exeter Phoenix.
0: Um, lovely
1: venue. Lovely venue. Yeah. So it was um, the Exeter Phoenix, which is like an arts theatre thing. Like they just do loads of arty stuff. Yeah. And- amazing, amazing space. Yes yeah and um this uh relatively new act um called uh, charlotte she uh, shout out to charlotte how's it going um all right charlotte all right yeah she's a listener of the podcast she um actually heard the podcast and then asked me to come down to exeter to uh do a spot there um oh wait and-
0: wait back up back up back up where the fuck is my gig Charlotte. You're I don't not <laughs> What's going on? I don't, oh, oh, yeah. I'm a really big fan of the podcast. So I'm going to invite Ricky Macindo to Exeter. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: thanks. Yeah, thanks
0: yeah. Is there a way that we can stop? Can we ban people from listening to the podcast? You Charlotte. <laughs> you know, I blacklisted Charlotte.
1: She's bad. I think you'll find on Spotify, it actually says Ricky Macindo and Mark Olver. So just, you know. It's always Oh, the, I see so Charlotte oh, I
0: star. see so Charlotte has just gone your name first and
1: then booked yeah. you for a gig. Okay, okay. Exactly. Exactly. It's the business we we are in. Um yeah, so she booked me for that gig um, and it was initially I was going to do 10 minutes in the middle. But then I think at some point she decided to go full egalitarian and everyone got 20 at 20 minute spots. So, <laughs> OK, so, yeah. So I went down. Um, mad, it was a paid gig as well, which I don't know how that happened, but I'm not asking questions. And, Lovely. Um, I, I did 20 minutes with Louis Slay, uh, Danny John's um and uh local poet comedian who i never met before i think i'm pretty sure his name was chris i'm so sorry if i'm getting that wrong and yeah it was uh it was a lot of fun i essentially did all the material i've ever written on stage on friday and it equaled about 20 minutes and how did it go it went it went well i think it went quite well uh it was it was very fun like it was nice it made me realize that 5 minutes is actually quite short to do stand up like it made it, it's a it's a very strange difference between the two types of sets on like the pacing because it's like when i'm doing 5 minutes or 7 minutes or some even a bit 10 it's like there's not really time to stop and do a bit of crowd work or point out something that's happened because it's like boom, 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 boom watching the clock, I don't wanna run over whatever. But in 20 minutes, like there's a lot of freedom and there's I think I think there's less clock watching the longer your set is. So it's like, it's a lot more freeing, I guess. And like I, I get the appeal basically.
0: It's a lot less clock watching um, if it's going well. If it's yeah. going badly over 20 minutes, holy shit, you are looking at your watch all of the time going, oh, oh, okay. I've still, but, but you're totally right. And also it does give you, uh, what's the best way of describing this? A five minutes is a little bit like having a machine gun. You're like, you're in a firefight and you're just going, oh, okay. I'm doing five minutes. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, Whereas 20 minutes you can make it a little bit tactical, a little bit more. You can make it. You can work on your pacing a bit more. You can go. Oh, okay. This is happening here. Uh, this is happening there. I'm I'm at seven minutes and I want to finish there. Whereas in five minutes, it's like foot down to the pedal and just keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different vibe altogether. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, because I think. I think the audience are just very up for it. Like they were just up for any comedy. And it sounds like there's not much of a comedy scene in Exeter. Like there's I- not the, the amazing, uh, the wonderful Reardon DJ. Yeah. Um, is
0: I think back down in Devon. And I think he was contemplating running a gig. There have been gigs in Exeter, some brilliant gigs in Exeter because it's got a really good university. But yeah. as with all comedy and all circuits, it kind of goes up and down a little bit. So yeah. uh, so hopefully, we've sh- did Shada MC? Yeah, she did. She did. She oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing yeah. for someone who's newish, lives in a place like Exeter, to be able to MC her own gig at somewhere nice like the Phoenix. I think that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, no, it's really good. And she's coming down um, to Bristol to do, I think, Smoke and Mirrors, I think it was. Uh, we, have to, uh, we
0: have to address that, mate, because um I know what comedians are like. Uh I know what geography nerds are like. <laughs> Man, she's not coming. Oh BS. She's
1: coming no, hey, mate, up I'm not, to hey, Bristol. I am
0: not doing I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this to protect you from people <laughs> going, oh, I think you're fine, it's good, it's good. But you are right. No, coming up to Bristol. No, I'm no, I'm no. Do you know what? I'm going to be one of those people coming up to Bristol. Sounds absolutely fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. I feel we've had this conversation before, kind of about we have this conversation about
0: going up. across somewhere. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And whether you go up or down or whatever, I still think you can say whatever you want because everything is relative.
0: Yeah, I mean, direction is not relative. Wow! Well, you, you no, come on then. You are you argue you argue your point that you can yeah. somehow go down to Bristol from Exeter, which for people who aren't aware of where Exeter is, is below
1: Bristol. Okay, let's do this. Okay, first of all, wow, this is my only point actually. There's not a list, so it's just the only point. We are in on an Earth that is in space that is floating aimlessly with no sense of up or down. So up or down, is just whatever we decide it is, wherever we are. So I am now saying that Exeter is up above Bristol, or it doesn't matter, whatever, either way.
0: Oh, because if we are always rotating... And if we are always moving, then yeah. up and down isn't as important as I
1: thought it was. Yeah, yeah. There's not like there's an up in space or a down in space. We're just on the earth.
0: Oh, mate. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm fully aware... I'm fully aware that you uh, uh don't smoke the doobie, even though you dress <laughs> like a boy who smokes the doobie. Um, but we are um, we, this is the most that this podcast has ever sounded one of the, like one of those podcasts where two brokes who smoke a lot of the doobie yeah. um, talk about the world. <laughs> um,
1: there's not enough of those. There's not.
0: There's not enough for those. We're uh, we're five minutes away from doing our conspiracy theories.
1: Um, <laughs> okay, so the gig
0: went well. You did twenty minutes. You went to Exeter. You did with some nice people. Had a yeah. car journey with Louise and Danny Johns. Did you? Ah, uh, just Danny. Louise drove on her own. Oh, okay. Danny Johns good company. Uh, oh, newish Bristol comic, really funny.
1: Oh, incredible company. Yeah, she's hilarious. Yeah, she's... Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I was going to say, she's definitely one of those people... Hey, hey, Daddy, how's it going? Um, she's definitely one of those people who uh, enjoys after the gig more than before the gig. Because <laughs> in, the, in the pre-car journey, it was a lot more like both of us looking at our notes. Afterwards, we were both just chatting shit.
0: Oh, OK, yeah. No, that's, that's one of the best things in the world. A car journey with uh, someone who's good company... Intelligent, and um, also, I'm guessing because I know Danny. Um, also, I'm guessing there was gossip, I'm guessing there was a little bit of bitchiness, <laughs> I'm guessing there was all that on the way home.
1: Well, gossip, gossip. Well, I couldn't really tell the difference between gossip and banter, but you know, it all kind of melded in together at some point.
0: Yes, I love that. I love that. Okay, I want to talk to you about this episode. Um, and, like I've always said, we've always been incredibly transparent on uh, Oh, Captain My Captain. We always talk about things as they're happening. Last week's episode seemed to go really well, um, talking about comedy competitions with uh, oh. Sakisa and Josh Jones. And I know there's some stuff happening in the world of competition. So I think people will probably discover that episode when some of the competition things get uh, announced in the next couple of weeks or so. Yeah. So you were happy with that episode. You were the happy episode. with it. Very you were happy with the format of it. You were happy with the guests. You were happy yeah. with the idea of it. You liked that episode, didn't you, Ricky?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I loved editing. You so are much.
0: not convinced about this one coming up <laughs> at all, are you, Ricky?
1: Not that I'm not convinced. No, it's Ricky, more... you are
0: not convinced, mate.
1: It's more I, I have an undying curiosity. So I am so ready for whatever this is. And I love that, (laughs) but I did not expect it, definitely.
0: So when I told you that we were going to do an episode where we were going to interview my accountant, (laughs) (laughs) I, I could see, I could see the soul enjoy gently drip out of your eyes i could see <laughs> it when i told you
1: oh, it's just so funny it's just so funny because it's like it's 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 very necessary it's very necessary it's just it's just like the vast spectra of types of people that have been on this podcast at this point now.
0: Yeah, we've gone from Jimmy Carr to my accountant. And let's face it, <laughs> Jimmy Carr needed my accountant.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> well done. So we're not going to, we're not going to, I'm not going to do a quiz in, though, but I'm just going to So, but I just want to ask, you've been paid for a couple of gigs already now yeah yeah a few yeah like so how many would you say you've been paid like of all the gigs you've done um, bearing in mind that you are in an incredibly rare position because so many comedians don't get paid for such a long time you know they don't get especially your london comics there'll be people listening to this who are based in london who are going oh god that prick ricky macindo has already (laughs) been paid i don't think i've paid you for a gig yet have i
1: no have i given you money Mm -hmm. for a gig no, good. no, because I generally do middles with you and an open spots. Yes, yeah. So like, it's usually the headliner, or the opener, and the MC you get.
0: Uh, yes, eye- exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: so, um, but you've been given money from other people. You given money when you went down to Exeter. You've done a, yeah. You you've, you've basically you're not you're not earning big dollar. No, but no, you've been given no. a little bit of money.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like, um. Yeah, like the main one was Lakota. So, yes. So yeah. So, like every time I went there, they paid like a little bit. So, that was uh, probably four or five times, I think, at Lakota. And then Exeter. And then there have been a couple more, but there was a, like the odd twenty pounds or whatever, but yeah. Like- well,
0: I was just about that was what I was going to ask. It it, it yeah. tends to be around that sort of number when you're starting, and yeah. someone will give you money for petrol, or someone yeah. will just you know just say to you, "Need your train boat or something like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm
0: right, slightly yeah. pissed off. I suppose I can. Sort of take credit for Lakota, but I didn't give you money. I'm slightly pissed off that I didn't. That I'm not a person to give you your first paid gig. I've got to <laughs> say that it's a it's an absolute badge a badge of honour for me. Um, Rosie Jones, um, I gave her her first paid gig oh. because she was because she was coming to a gig uh, that I was doing. And bear in mind that she she got a lot of money for her first paid gig, yeah. and her first paid gig was like i think she'd done maybe 5 or 6 gigs because she was coming to see me cuz we're friends she was doing an open spot for me um i had a big budget for a show russell howard was on that show um he didn't want the money cuz he is he's got a lot of it um <laughs> And if it's anything like it was when we used to live together, he, that money would just be scattered all around his bedroom on the floor. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It was absolutely... We, when I used to live in the house with John Robbins, uh, John Richardson, uh, myself and Russell Howard, um, this was when he was still getting paid gigs in cash. Um he, the, the money would just be on the floor. Like you would just, uh, if you course. needed to go out and get groceries or, or something like that, you just open Russell's door and literally put your hand in and get like a tenner and just go and get... <laughs> it was just absolutely ridiculous. He didn't. So Rosie got the money. So I was able to always say, how, and Rosie jo was obviously doing brilliantly. So yeah. I can always say, I gave her her first paid gig. Bosh.
1: Yeah, you um,
0: can.
1: I mean, you got I, me my first paid gig. So that'll do. So
0: that'll do yeah. for me. I am happy with that. So we are going to talk to my accountant. His name is Craig Williams. Uh, he's from an accountancy company in Bristol called Zen. Um he looks after um and does the accounts for all sorts of different people but including um like musicians and rock stars and all those people. So he understands the world of entertainment. Uh-huh. And we are going to talk, and basically, I'm hoping we have the same conversation on this podcast that I had when I first met him, I don't know, 15 years ago, 13 years ago, when we were first talking about me getting an accountant. So yeah. that is the plan. We will try and make it fun. We will try and make it funny. Um He is a nice man. Do not expect this one to be the laugh, 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 big laugh, filthy jokes one. <laughs> this is going to be a very practical one, but hopefully yeah. an incredibly useful one. Are we, uh, I, I, I am aware that I'm now going to have to raise my game for the booking for next week. <laughs> I'm possibly yeah. going to get my surveyor, maybe. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh. Maybe talk to the people that do my regular colonoscopies and just talk about (laughs) how important gut health is to a comedian (laughs) moving forwards.
1: Let's change the tone.
0: Let's change the tone. So uh, this is... (laughs) Oh, Captain, my captain. Now, uh, so what we're going to do just for this particular episode is uh, Ricky is going to have... a a little tell okay so you can't see this on the podcast but if ricky at any point feels that this conversation is getting too boring just rub your nose a little bit ricky all right just rub your nose a little bit it'll be like a visual safe word and if i see that happen then i will get away from excel spreadsheets and all that sort of stuff and we will try and find a way um to bring it back around to gossip of the accountancy world okay
1: yeah 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 but yeah it's time that these comedians who listen to this podcast see the real world of taxes and comedy
0: oh mate a hundred absolutely i am not interested uh in just making it all about finding your voice and how great is chapelle sometimes <laughs> it's about where do you store your receipts
1: <laughs> let's talk about tax baby have you been keeping your receipts yeah, I have. Yeah. Well, when I, when I have invoices and stuff, yeah, I've been keeping them. Yeah. What
0: about your receipts? What about bus fare?
1: Oh, no, Taxes? I haven't. But oh, you mean that kind of receipts? DVDs? No, no that's. That Train is. tickets. That's unbelievable.
0: Unbelievable. unbelievable. You see? That's yes, exactly, amazing. mate. I have got you. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to do this uh, in a minute. Uh, <laughs> this is Oh, Captain, my captain, uh, with uh, Ricky Masindo, the student, Mark Over, the evil, evil. Inspirational teacher and uh, my accountant. <laughs> yes, you heard that right. My accountant. So uh, this is, oh captain, my captain, and we are joined on this episode. This is the episode that I think everyone has been most excited for. I think we've had Jimmy Carr, uh, we've had John Richardson, uh, we've had Joe Lycett, uh, we've had Angela Barnes, we've had Lucy Porter. The world of comedy has been shouting out. You get emails all the time, don't you, Ricky, from people saying, we want to talk to Mark Olver's accountant.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always like, where is the focus on tax? This is what we need.
0: (laughs) So, um, Craig, thank you very much for coming on. No pleasure. Um, I want to say, so first of all, I want to paint a picture of you, Ricky, I was always worried. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get an accountant for slightly too long. I probably should have got an accountant slightly earlier than I did. And the reason I didn't is because that stuff scares the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> and I always had this uh, this image of accountants as um, uh, suits, tie. For some reason, a bowler hat. I don't know why. Very austere. Very scary people, and the whole concept uh, freaked me out basically, and it intimidated me. Then I read in a magazine <laughs> in Bristol about this accountancy company um, who looked after pop stars, Craig, rock stars, like yeah. like entertain those sorts of things. And so I thought, oh, okay, this is a good start. And then I'm Craig and I met up. And genuinely, this is the thing. And we can't really tell from this shot on Zoom. Genuinely, the thing that chilled me out straight away was the fact that Craig's got a ponytail. And as soon as I saw that it's still there. There you go. It's still there. And as soon as I was there, I was like, oh, okay, this doesn't feel (laughs) that bad." Craig, do you get that reaction from a lot of people? Like people have this idea of what accountants are like and what they do. Has ever, has anyone ever told you that your job is quite intimidating?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I remember once we took on a, a musician client, and yeah, he he described it as going to see his accountant as like a trip to the dentist, um, and that that kind of sort of sums it up a bit. Um, so it's like just in our old office, we you know where we 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 didn't do like you know we didn't have a boardroom like a formal room where we'd meet people we basically had a, had a room with a load of Ikea furniture in it, uh, you know, brightly coloured furniture and cushions and a coffee table. So straight away, we wanted to get away from that kind of, you know, come and sit in a boardroom in a really formal environment. We wanted people to sit down, have a chat and, and feel relaxed, really, because we didn't, you know, we wanted the experience to be kind of, you know, well, maybe not pleasant, but, you know, as, as pleasant as it can be going to see your accountant. So again, putting people yeah. at rest. Not, the thing is when you've got people at rest, They communicate more. You get more out of them, and you can give them better advice because you know people are sharing stuff. Whereas if they feel intimidated, and it's all you know, you're in your pinstripe suit and you're sat at a board table, it's it's not you know. If you
0: go to um, accountants get-togethers, which I imagine are properly party raucous, just incredible affairs. Do you do you see other accountants like? Are you intimidated by other accountants? I suppose. Do you see Uh, them as kind of?
2: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose I am really, and and I remember back to when I started, you know, doing my articles in accountancy. Yeah, I was really scared of the partners. You know, they were like guys in suits that sat in their offices, and the only time you ever got to see them was when you're being told off, really.
0: (laughs) Because you and you uh, and you surf and you do like outdoorsy things, and you've always been like that. And again, all of this idea for me was just. I think I just maybe I I got my view of accountancy from comic books and Charles yeah. Dickens novels and so have you got the same image, Ricky?
1: Oh yeah, of accountants. Yeah, I mean my sister's an accountant and she's a very like methodical to the letter type of person. Um, but do you um with when you're working with like creative people like musicians and stuff, do you have to like treat them differently than other types of people?
2: I think yeah. I mean it's it's. I think a lot of people, the way you talk to people, you can make people feel really small or that you're the, you, you, your knowledge. So you don't, you want to kind of make people feel relaxed. You don't want to make it the kind of, you know, you know, nothing, I know everything kind of vibe. It's a case of, you know, just showing people respect and empathy for what they do really. You know, we're all, we're all good at certain things and, you know, some people are good at something, some people are good at other things. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, we're, I've always been a massive consumer, you know, for me, it was Plan A was rock star, Plan B was accountant. Really, so I kind of, you know, I come from that back background that, you know, I understand. I've been in the industry, I've had a record label, and you know, put on raves back in the nineties and all this sort of stuff. So yeah. you know, it's kind of um, being a consumer of that things, and then when I realised, you know working directly, and that wasn't going to be the thing for me. I thought the next best thing would be working with those industries and helping them, really, which is where I got into. But one, one thing about the, in, the, you know, Intimidate, I'll share this story. Um, when, I, when I went for my job interview for the accountancy firm, I had long hair when I was doing my degree, and actually for my interview I wore a wig over my long <laughs> hair. <laughs> what sort of wig? It's like a mullet wig.
0: What? What? And you cause, because you thought that they would look they well, look back, on you more favourably.
2: Well, back in planet. those back in those days, you wouldn't get the job basically if you had long hair.
0: Well, yeah, but mate, you went in wearing a mullet.
2: Like, <laughs> Surely that's. It was. A, it was a well. It was as long as the hair was kind of like you know collar length. You were all right. Okay. I, I had my ponytail tucked up inside the mullet, <laughs> and then I went in, had the interview, got off of the job, and then. Of course, when I turned up on the first day of work, they must have thought I was like Samson or something because my hair was. Weeks <laughs> later, it was suddenly like you know, half that halfway down my back.
0: God, I love the image of you raving in the nineties. I love the image yeah. of you in a field at four o'clock in the morning, big fish, little fish, cardboard box, <laughs> and 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 this is why. So this was genuinely my thought process. I knew some of your clients, uh, not personally, but I knew their reputations and I knew your background. And this was, I, I just thought to myself, and this, this sums up my personality perfectly, I just thought, no matter how much of a nightmare I am as a client, I'm never going to be Craig's worst client. That was always my thought. I thought to myself, do you know what? Even if I'm on the bottom 10%, at least I'm not going to be, the shittest one because you must have had like sis and we'll talk about how annoying i am as a client uh (laughs) because because craig will definitely tell you uh we've had lots of conversations ricky where i've said to craig no 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 this year mate i am not getting in my accounts uh at the very last minute like this (laughs) year i am doing them and i think over the 13 years i've said craig my accounts.'" I think I've probably, maybe twice, it's not been last minute. <laughs> but you must have had, have you had like people turning up with carrier bags of receipts and, and all that sort of stuff? Have you kind of, over the years, have you had that?
2: We, we've had we've had everything, you know, everything <laughs> you can imagine on on the scale, really. And, and you know, pre, pre-internet days and everything else, you know, we were getting jobs last minute with clients on tour and we're having to kind of literally find out what hotel they're going to be staying in like three days down the road so we can send the tax returns to the hotel for them to wow. sign and then they've got to go round to the tax office in the tour bus to drop off the tax returns wow. and stuff like that. And they're going, where's the nearest, you know, tax office in this town we're playing in, you know, and then the tour bus will go around there and the tour TM will go out and drop the uh, drop the tax returns off.
0: That's absolutely brilliant. And I, I've I've often suggested uh, to comedian friends of mine to give you a bell, and I think a few people have over the years. Comedians, we are like our work is slightly different, so there's not as many overheads, there's not as many expenses, but our brains don't always work in the way that other people's brains <laughs> yeah. brains work. But, uh, comedians were the best clients, right, Craig?
2: Absolutely, right. yeah. Top, there top you the go.
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this so ricky has done so ricky is a student and you've done how many
1: gigs ricky so now i've done 30. yay right and how much money overall
0: would you say you've earned from comedy so far
1: oh bear in mind that you've
0: been gigging for like uh you've done 30 gigs but in a pandemic You've been gigging for about 18 months or something like that. So how how much money would you say you've earned sort of ballpark uh, so far?
1: I would say...
0: Just to let you know, for the listener, Ricky is counting this up on his fingers. Yeah, one, two,
1: three, this many, Mark. Um, I would say somewhere like three hundred to four hundred pounds there's like somewhere there like i have it I have it written down somewhere but i I haven't added up the gig that I just did on Friday,
0: okay, so there you go three hundred and twenty pounds there you go there you go there you go oh no um so Craig, when someone is earning because with comedy when you start, you don't really earn loads and loads of money for quite a while like when is it? Is this too early to think about accountants um, and receipts and all that sort of stuff?
2: It's it's the same with um, with any kind of well, it's very similar to musicians, really. Okay, because the the motivating factor isn't the money. People do it because that's what they enjoy doing. So there's always, if, you, if, if you're if you a different kind of business, you know, you go, well, I'm going to buy and sell this, I buy it for this, i sell it for that. You're already thinking in, in the na- nature of trade, really. Whereas for most people, musicians, um, creatives, it, it starts off as a hobby. And it's it's a lot more blurred than other businesses. It's a case of when does the kind of hobby move into trade? Um, and that's the the kind of, the, the, it's the transition point. And normally for most people, it's where people start giving up sort of the day job or going part-time on the day job because they're making sufficient money from the other job. Or it could be a like a contractual point, someone gets signed up to do a radio series or a TV show or whatever. So there's a there's a distinct transition. The other thing you've got to remember of as well, in, in the UK, we've got um, there's like a tax relief, which was set up generally for like the gig economy. So obviously loads and loads of people are setting up bedroom businesses at the moment. Doing internet stuff, you know, buying and selling on eBay, Amazon, Etsy, you know, arts and crafts, all that sort of stuff. So, what the revenue have said is they've said, as long as you're turning over, so that's getting in money before expenses under a grand, you don't have to tell us you're trading. You don't have to fill a tax return in. You don't have to pay any tax. So, that's in any tax year. So, our tax years run from 6th of April to 5th of April. So, if any tax year you're kind of hobby or sideline job is only bringing it is bringing in a grand or under you have no obligation to register or declare it so the moment it goes over a thousand then you need to be thinking about am i trading you know and it's then looking at what expenses you've got to go against it like you said comedians don't have a lot of expenses whereas musicians would have things like you know equipment rehearsals travel you know, all the other bits and pieces really so so again it's so so if you're traveling
0: modes for work for, for stand-up as an open spot, for instance. Yeah. So if Ricky is going off to Manchester to do an open spot or London to do a couple of open spots, and he's not getting paid for those gigs, but he is spending money on whatever he needs to do to get to those gigs, he can write that off the thousand pound limit, can he?
2: Uh no, because because the thousand the thousand pound limit is what you earned. So oh, okay. Got so you. it's kind of like what you ah, get okay. paid before expenses. Okay. If you earn over a thousand, then the other thing you can think of is you can either put in your actual expenses or you can take off just around some thousand pound expense. Mm. So if you if you if you if you got paid one thousand three hundred pounds, you got a choice. You can either claim your actual expenses against it or you can just claim a 1000 pound flat so you'd, so you'd make 300 pound profit so you got a kind of, you got a choice when you're at those sort of smaller levels really um what the other situation that you often get is where you've got somebody who's really trying to make a go of going self-employed as a comedian. So they, you know, maybe they've got an agent, they've, you know, they've invested a lot of money into, you know, websites or image, whatever sort of thing, and they're really going for it. And they've got, say, a job, a day job that they're paying PAY, you know, pays pays you earn on it as an employee. What you can do in the same year, if you've got a self-employed business that makes a loss, you can offset the loss on that business against the income from your day job. And you can claim some of your PAY back Um, but normally that would only be you know it it would only work if you did it for a short period of time because the revenue aren't going to keep funding you if it's just a hobby and you're using the tax repayment to to just fund the hobby you've got to be really you know showing that you're going for it as a trade and they'll probably only wear that loss for like you know a couple of years before they want to see you then in profits and paying tax on your self-employment so there's a couple of a couple of factors there really so it can be an advantage to go register self employed early because you can then claim some of the losses back against any tax you paid on a on a day job or something but but again you know you have to be properly trading and and trade kind of means doing it with a view to making a profit rather than for a lot of people when they start out, they're doing it for the laugh, you know, just, well, because I... Yeah, you know,
0: I su- I suppose for comedians, it's the, the thing that's slightly different than for bands. is a, as a comedian, you, you, you don't just, ch- a lot of the time you don't just choose where you go. You're right. actually being booked by people. You know, you're being booked. Where- and even if you're not being paid, you're still, someone is requesting you to go to, Eastbourne or Colchester and Norwich. And so they're actually, and you're gigging five days a week and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And so sometimes with a musician, maybe you're just going, oh, I just like playing in my local pub. Mm. But with a comedian, you're going to Edinburgh you're doing, you know, mm. all yeah. those sorts of things. So I think
2: just going back to your comment about even if you're making that little bit of money um, that, you know, Ricky said, I, well, I haven't been keeping really any books or anything like that. I mean, I would recommend you keep records because even when I was, you know, semi-pro musician back in the day and we weren't, you know, by the time you took into account what we'd spent on travel, van hire, rehearsals, all our kit, we didn't make any money out of it. Mm-hmm. I still I still kept paperwork. And it's even more important these days because HMRC or anyone can look on the internet and see, you know, if you've got a website, they can see a load of dates, they don't know what you've earned on those dates. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, okay. they could have been getting paid a grand a night. You know, they, they you know, it doesn't show you what you earn on the gig. If they see a big itinerary of shows, and yeah, you might be doing a load of, you know, free open mic night slots or whatever on some of them, and you might be getting paid on others, but the revenue would look at it and just go, ooh, there's, there's you know, he's done 30 gigs there. You know, if that's like 500 quid a gig, you know, then yeah. blah, blah, blah. So then they might do an inquiry into you. And then you've got to demonstrate to them, really, that you haven't made that much per show, really. So, again, you should still keep, you know, record, even if that's just writing in the diary what you earned or, you know, what your mileage or what your expenses were, it's worth keeping some records just to be able to deflect any attention to prove the other way that, you know, well, no, I didn't earn anything and here's the contracts or here's the emails or whatever, you know.
0: One of the things you said to me uh, when I first came to see you was all about how much money it can cost you um, as a creative, but specifically as a comedian, before you get paid. You know, because often, like Ricky's got lucky earning uh, 300 quid in 30 gigs, but for a lot of people, they'll be gigging for a year, they'll be gigging for two years without getting anything. But you always said to me, keep those receipts keep yeah. those those things those expenses from the years that you're not earning for your first tax bill is that is that right
2: is that yeah well, you you don't know what year you're going to start going you know official with HMRC so those receipts in the early part of the year obviously you can claim those against the later part of the tax year it depends on the date you start you going trade you know you're going to go tra- the, I'm trading from this date and you fill in you know, the process is you register with HMRC, you know, the date you've gone official trading and you give them that date. And obviously, if you're in a tax year, you probably want to go back and claim a lot of the expenses more on the loss-making gigs at the start part of the year, offset against the latter part of the year, if you're going, say, you're trading from that tax year. So, yeah, there's an advantage to keeping them. Also, if you've got any receipts to do with any, expenses that aren't consumed in the taxes so for example if you've got like maybe you know website costs or equipment you know if you've got your own mic or you know vehicle or any props or any other bits and pieces that you're using then you can introduce those into the business at any point even if you bought them years ago so it's worth Mm. keeping the receipts for anything of that type of nature you know the Mm. gold lame jacket or something you know so oh, yeah, no Ricky um, will definitely be rocking a gold
1: armor jacket suit. Of course, definitely. Do you do you find like uh so most comedians are they um sole traders? Like so do they do any of them choose to become a limited company? Yeah, I mean, I
2: mean I mean again it with a limited company, okay? Um the reasons mo- most most of my clients, comedian clients, are sole trader clients, okay? The the reason people would go limited company is is if you want limited liability okay so maybe if you're gonna be particularly offensive or something then you might want limited liability. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna get sued um, yeah you know the other main reason people go limited company is from a tax point of view and that only tips over usually when you're your profits, so that's your what you've received minus your expenses, is in the fifty to sixty thousand pound mark per annum. Mm-hmm. That's the tipping point where you know becoming a limited company, the the, the saving for tax on national insurance is greater than the extra accountancy fees. Because the big downside with having a limited company is the accountants' charges. That they're, they're a lot more expensive type of entity to run. Really, loads mm-hmm. more paperwork, loads more bureaucracy, loads more to do. So normally it's that, like I said, fifty to sixty grand profit consistently, and limited companies worth considering really.
0: Okay, because a lot of people um, for their tax year. So, so this is what will happen, Ricky, with a comedian, um, probably about the twentieth of January. Uh, we start absolutely shitting ourselves because we realise that everything has to be in at the end of January and everyone just goes mental. And, <laughs> and I've lived with comedians and they're all up, we're all on our laptops, we've all got bags of receipts, it's all going absolutely crazy. And then you don't have to pay for an accountant because you can do it all yourself. However, I... Even having these conversations, I don't know if you can tell, you can't tell on the podcast, but you can definitely tell if you watch me, my eyes just start to water and I think I've got a vein somewhere in my head that starts to pound. And so so that's why I thought to myself really early, do you know what? I'm going to get someone who knows what they're doing <laughs> because <laughs> I know on the 20th of January, I will definitely have a nervous breakdown if I'm not just sending all my stuff uh, to Craig and his team. So it is possible to do it on your own and save the accountancy fee. But do you know what? For my peace of mind, my mental health, my sleep, I am absolutely happy to send it to people who know what they're doing with all that information.
2: I think, I think it's also a case of it, if you're in any, you know, any business or any endeavor, really. I mean, yeah, we can do loads of stuff ourselves, but at the end of the day, if you're flat out busy, um, you know, you want to be doing what you're good at and outsourcing, um, you know, what what you don't like doing or what, what, what you're not great at and what you're not sure at, you know, and then get some, somebody else to do that. And then you can concentrate on your business. Rather than doing bookkeeping or doing this, that, or, or everything else, you know, you you can go and generate stuff that's going to be more positive for your business rather than getting tied down in that sort of admin type stuff. Oh, I know
0: my limitations, mate.
2: I absolutely <laughs> know my limitations.
0: I tell you, i mean, my limitations are the extent where, um, so I send Craig a spreadsheet every year. And uh, do you know your way around Excel, Ricky?
1: yeah i've i've I know my way around a good spreadsheet okay
0: so for the first couple of years i would say the first three or four years, you know you've got that column where you add up uh you, and you can you can do a thing on Excel and it'll add up all the numbers in that column yeah um, equal. I, and you can and you can do your thing and and it'll you'll do a little equation and it'll add them all up yeah like, yeah i knew I knew so little that I would, I would put all my things in that column and then I'd get a calculator and work my way down that column, adding everything up uh, on a calculator to then send it to go. I would say to people, I would go, oh, can, can you tell me on a calculator how to work out um, what 40p a mile is based on, like, like, like all that stuff absolutely just, Uh, Craig, Ricky is a medical student So Ricky has the scientific The medical mind Which is why Ricky is finding it hilarious And also he's 22 years old He's finding it hilarious That I do not know how to use Excel
2: Uh,
1: it's It's just such a funny image It's just so adorable You being like Oh my little calculator Trying to get the answer
0: Yeah no I absolutely would I'd go down this column And I'd go okay That is row one £50, pounds, row two, just because I just uh, I just didn't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, comedy. Um, Craig, you talk about expenses. What what are expenses? Like, what is an expense and what isn't an expense? You know what I mean? Like, I remember you gave yeah. me a piece of paper when I first met you, a, an A4 piece of paper with all these things written on. And I carried that piece of paper in my diary, because this is the other thing. I'm a paper diary man as well. Mm. Um, I carried it in my diary for such a long time until it rotted. I genuinely carried it for about eight years, this thing <laughs> of, that Craig said to me, what are expensive? But what, what genuinely are expenses?
2: I mean, uh, HMRC for a, a sole trader uh, say that an expense is something that is incurred wholly and exclusively for business purposes, okay? So that's their definition. So that's a bit. So what, what exactly does that mean? So generally, if it's an expense used to generate your income in your business, that's pretty much you can you can finitely look at what bit of it. So, the, so that's wholly and exclusively is the thing they have a problem with is or contentious areas would be things like stage wear. For example, okay. Yes. So the gold lamé jacket, hundred percent stage wear, because most people wouldn't be seen in the street wearing that unless they wanted to get their head filled in or something. <laughs> whereas, whereas jeans and t-shirt, yes, it 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 could be work, but it's also for warmth and common decency. The revenue would say, so you can't really draw the line there where the boundary is between that or that so therefore they would disallow that by saying it's not wholly and exclusively because it's there's dual purpose with it and it's dual purpose where you can't draw the line at where the one purpose started and the way the one you know one purpose ended really so generally any expense you use in for your business so that would be things like you know website travel um props you know stage wear if you can kind of show it's part of your stage act and we we had like um it's an interesting when We've got a DJ, well known DJ client, and um, we made stagewear claim and it, pretty much it's jeans, t shirts, baseball caps, stuff like that. But so the revenue go, well, this is just streetwear and you could wear that down the pub or anything. And, but mm-hmm. we're going, yeah, but look. The guy hasn't got, he's not OCD, but look, here's a receipt where he's bought 20 pairs of the same jeans, T-shirts, and baseball hats. Mm. You know, who, who buys that? This is his image, you know, that's so again, it's, it's, you know, areas like that. And obviously, you know, mobile phone, you know, phone costs, stationary, you know, anything that you think you're using in your business, use of Homer's office, obviously, you know, Ricky, you're you're in, I assume you're at home. So you you obviously do a bit of work from home, mm. you know, writing scripts or doing your bookings and correspondence. You can claim parts of your bills for being at home and things like that, really. <laughs> so it's it's looking at kind of on a week by week basis. What kind of things are you look through your bank statement, look through your receipts and go, is there stuff on there that's that's for work really? And 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 then that's the kind of basis point. What I gave to Mark was as an um, equity. Um, the, the Union for Actors and things, they do kind of like a list, like a, an aid memoir of the kind of expenses you can claim. So that's what I, I give to a number of clients is the sort of equity list. Um, and that kind of, you know, gives you a, a rough idea of bits and pieces. Really. All
1: right. So you can take an expense and write that off against your taxes. So you're Yeah, paying.
2: that's right. So, yeah, so, so it, would, it would, it's not necessarily, people get confused. It's not written off against the taxes. It's written off against the income because people sometimes go, well, I, I spent um, 20 quid on a meal at the services on the way to the gig. So that means I saved 20 pound in tax. No, it doesn't equate to tax. It means your profit is reduced by 20 pounds. So therefore you would save 20% tax on your 20 pound. So it's not a direct expense okay. against tax. It's you. It reduces your profit. So you save tax at whatever rate of tax you're at.
1: So you can essentially claim fuel for uh, uh, on your expenses, but you can't claim a car on your expenses. Yeah, you
2: you can claim this as a a self-employed person. There's kind of two ways to claim if you've got a vehicle. Okay, so the, the, the two ways you can claim way number one, you put your car into the business, whatever the cost of the car was. You put all the costs associated with a car, you know, road tax, insurance, servicing, repairs, maintenance, petrol, all that sort of stuff, shove it all through your books. You keep a mileage log throughout the year and you work out what percentage mileage was business compared to private. And then you claim the business percentage of all those receipts. Okay. The other way to claim it, which is often – an easier way and you can once you choose one way you kind of got to stick with it you can't chop and change tax year. the other way is what most people who work for companies or employees do is you just claim you keep a mileage log and you claim 45 pence a mile for the first 10,000 miles
0: Okay, that's, um, that's
2: another way of doing it. Ricky
0: uh, of those two options one is the more complicated way uh, one is the easier way would you like to have a guess
1: which way I've gone for? Ah, oh, I mean, that's a tough one, Mark. I'm going to go the easy way just from Well, there. good guess, Ricky Macindo. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: so what I do is, um so I've got over all the years that I've been uh sending in my mileage. So what I'll do, I'll send Craig a list of the gig that I've done, a list of the place uh, that I've been, a list of the money that I've made from that gig. And all of those places I now know pretty much the mileage from my house to there and back, Mm. you know, so, so I know that, you know, Swindon is pretty much a Cardiff is pretty much 88 miles. Um, And so um, I now know that like, you know, 45p a mile, I know what I'm, what I'm being able to write off against the income for that gig. Mm. But what's brilliant about this is, and this is going back to that thing that Craig was saying about your expenses before you start getting paid. Ricky, if you are driving from Bristol to Norwich and back um, for no money whatsoever, yeah, um, the mileage on that is probably going to be something like 120 quid <laughs> because, yeah. because Norwich is such a long way, such yeah. a long way away. Um add in your, and again, whenever you do a spreadsheet with accounts, and I know Craig um, is an accountant, so he sees this all the time, and he's probably got like doctors, some sort of, uh, you know, he, uh, what's that oath that they have to take? So account. basically Craig, yeah, Craig isn't going to take the piss out of my list, <laughs> but the amount of times that I've... Um, claimed for £8.88 because that is a large three-piece meal in a KFC service (laughs) station. Um, (laughs) Like, when I do do my spreadsheet and I look down and I just go, well, that was McDonald's, well, that was KFC. (laughs) Like, oh, God, it's just the bleakest thing in the world. But if you keep a track of it, then you know that that gig that you're doing it's costing you 50 quid that is paying you 50 quids actually yeah. can sort of help out in the long run with yeah. the travel and and all that sort
2: uh, of stuff and the yeah. the argument would be with HMRC, because HMRC would say well you know you shouldn't be claiming expenses because you're not earning anything for that gig but actually the argument is is you know we'll you know the gigs like that are for, are for promotion purposes with a view to getting additional mm. gigs or paid gigs so therefore yeah. the expenses are, it's, it's a bigger picture that you do free gigs. You want to get other gigs and get the, the you know raise the profile and publicity and stuff, so, oh, okay. so that's that's absolutely fine. But there are, yeah. um, I know Ricky, you're probably it savvy and everything else, there's loads of apps out there now, and we're lucky, you know, given the you know. The, the world and, and apps and everything else. There's some good labor-saving apps for keeping records. And there's one for mileage called TripCatcher. And again, you just put mm-hmm. your postcode to, from, and it puts, if you're using account software, it fires the figures straight into that. There's oh. loads of little apps and things that you can kind of, um, you know, rather than necessarily doing, you know, manually doing spreadsheets or, or records. There, there's some that will, you know, you take photos of the receipts, it reads the receipts, puts some, you know, processes and stuff like that. So there's lots of stuff out there wow
0: and yes ricky to answer the question that is in your eyes before i realized i could do the equations on spreadsheet yes i did go down using a calculator and added <laughs> up all my mileage for every single gig
1: oh i mean at least you got the right answer i love how you do that the hard way
2: <laughs> yeah, at least at least it's not a bag of individually scumpled receipts Exactly. <laughs> least, so what? Barely. So what is on this? So stage wear is a bit tricky,
0: but obviously the the big expenses that you have when you travel around the country, my uh, mileage and and tra- but also trains and food when you're away and hotels, hotels.
2: Yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, travel, travels, travel and subsistence is probably the biggest amount of expenses we see on 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 Canadian clients. Really, yeah, travel, subsistence, accommodation, stuff like that. You know. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, like you said, it, you know, if you get in, you know, agents, agents' commission, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and and there's a subsistence, isn't it? Is is an interesting one because um, people always because you've got. I'll explain this. So you have got subsistence and you got entertainment. Okay, so subsistence mm-hmm. is is normally tax is tax deductible, and it's food that you need to buy because you're. A sufficient distance away from home that you can't go home to eat or take sandwiches or whatever. So, for example, if you are on the road away from your hometown and you are popping at the services or at the train station or you go to the pub or whatever, and, and you, you know you are buying a meal while you are out, then that that's fine, that's subsistence. If you take somebody else out with you for meals, so say there is two of you on the bill, and you say, well, I'll I'll pay for the meal tonight, and you pay for the meal tomorrow night. If you take someone else out for a meal, their element of the bill is classed as entertaining which is an, is an expense, but it's not tax deductible. So you don't get taxed back on that. Whereas subsistence, you do. So again, you know, you have to bear in mind if you've got a receipt with two meals on it, you need to write on your receipt, you know, 50% subsistence or whatever. So you just claim the 50%. Oh,
1: there's so much fuckery in tax. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's like, it like, is just incredible. Like the fact that you have to think about that just because you want to make people laugh on stage.
0: Yeah, it, it is, but at the same time, like you know, we all got to pay our taxes, and none of us want to get into trouble. That's that's. I think that's where com- the comedian thing comes from. It's like it's. We don't. Most of us don't love paying tax, but every single one of us does not want to get in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Is, yeah. Like I think that's it. We want to do. We want to do what we can do so we don't get shouted out by the teacher or or whatever you know we want to we want to be good boys
2: and you don't want to you know you don't want to be looking over your shoulder at at earlier years and then get you know a nasty surprise in a few years time it's you know better off getting it squared away and sorted and then you know you haven't got that there's no skeletons in the cupboard yeah definitely peace and we
0: are talking we are talking very much at a kind of an entry level comedian and obviously things get more complicated and there are all sorts of things that you can do like limited companies and being back registered. And, um, I don't know all the sorts of, and also, and you know, for, uh,
2: yeah, the other aspect is all the foreign stuff, you know, when that eventually comes back in, you know, is all the, you know, withholding taxes and other bits and pieces when you go in, when you're going international now that's another whole dimension of, of other level of tax assault really.
0: And I think that's why I like the idea of having an accountant because I know that I've got someone that I can email in case something goes pear shaped <laughs> you <know> like, <laughs> and, and not just and actually not just pear shaped when you start thinking about uh buying a house or when you start thinking about you know uh private rentals or getting a cut- you know it's just really handy to be able to go. When I talked to someone, when I got my first mortgage and I was like, oh, holy shit. I always say this is my tip for accountants for mortgages. This is my tip. And I probably said this to Craig when I met him for the first time. I said, look, feel free to patronize the shit out of me. Feel (laughs) free to imagine that I don't know anything because guess what? I don't know anything, so feel free <laughs> to talk to me like an idiot because I won't be offended by that. Because if you talk to me like an idiot, I know I'm not going to miss anything out. Does that make sense? Mm. So I'm not going to like my base. And so I remember when I first spoke to Stacey, who is my mortgage wrote. I just said to her, "I went, look, mate, mortgages for dummies. That's what you want. Just absolutely <laughs> imagine I'm an absolute imbecile, and it helps because then." <laughs> Nothing is confusing me then because they're
1: talking to me like the idiot that I am. So is the ultimate is the ultimate fear essentially being audited if something doesn't seem right on your like expenses and tax returns and all that stuff. A t-
2: t- tax inquiry for most people is a stressful, stressful yeah. thing really because again, you know, if you get a tax inquiry, they they can ask all sorts of stuff and it takes it loads of time and effort and everything, even if they find nothing that, you know, they still go through everything and it's, it's just stress and it really waiting to make yeah. sure to do with everything. So, you know.
0: Um, um, uh, Ricky, ultimate fear, by the way, uh, go to prison.
2: That's my ultimate fear. It'll be open prison. Now, so it should be all right.
0: Oh, okay. Well, hopefully there's a golf course. Um, Ricky, One of the things that I've noticed with this podcast, and uh, Craig, this is episode 15 of this podcast. We did uh, 10 in the first series, this is five in the second series. Um, I do try and make comedy fun, and I do try and make comedy feel like this brilliant thing, because it is the best thing in the world. But Ricky, has has it amazed you or surprised you the amount of admin that there is involved in being a comedian?
1: yeah it really really has because it's like <laughs> i mean i guess the central thesis of this podcast is disproving that every comedian just walks up on stage and just starts being funny like there's writing there's thinking about your image and now there's tax and tax returns <laughs> background. so you can't just turn up on the day and just start telling jokes there's loads of stuff that happens
2: and it's all it's all plate it's all plate spinning as well. Each one of those functions all needs a touch regularly to keep those plates spinning. Because if you if you don't pay attention to one aspect of it, then something normally goes, you know, goes wrong. Really. So, you know, again, it's keeping, you know, like I said, doing a bit on marketing, doing a bit on finance, doing a bit on, you know, operational content or whatever, and all this sort of stuff. It's it's doing multiple touches, you know, each week or whatever is part of your part of your process. Again, it's just it's it's another business.
1: Yay, stand up. <laughs> I um I have
0: this this image and and I genuinely would like to apologize now for I haven't it. Have you got any trousers on?
2: Yeah, I have actually.
0: <laughs> in the yeah. next I put trousers on for this. Uh, in the next uh couple of weeks, uh you might be inundated with uh the absolute scum of the universe, which is Stupid, Stupid comedians not quite knowing what's going on. Is that about right,
1: Ricky? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. This, is, <laughs> this has just been a massive advertising for accountancies, for comedians. Yeah,
0: abs- absolutely. I am a big... Uh, I, I, I genuinely think... Because it, it has to be done. It yeah. has to be done. And and I don't think most of us are capable enough to do it ourselves because so many mm. of us are idiots. Yeah, <laughs> Ricky Masindo is not an idiot So he'll probably be able to do it himself Because uh, Craig, annoyingly about this young man He's good at everything And it pisses me off
1: um, hey, hey, look at <laughs> my room My room is a mess I am messed <laughs> up in my own way <laughs> But um,
0: Craig, thank you very much for coming up Ricky, was that helpful?
1: Oh, extremely helpful Yeah, like it, it was this was an area of stand-up I literally did not know about. And I know like people listening will find it useful. And if you made it until the end, you are a true fan. Can I just say, say, especially if you watch this in one, thank you very much. Give yourself a clap. (laughs) Give yourself a clap. You really care about stand-up or a captain, my captain.
0: (laughs) Uh, We should put in uh, some sort of keywords into... uh... Into this bit of the podcast, and then <laughs> when we start doing merch, people will get a discount uh, if they uh, if they say the word um, fluttering fish, fluttering Sorry.
1: fish, fluttering fish at checkout.
0: Yes, <laughs> so they so we know that they've made it uh, fifty minutes into the accountancy. Great, does that piss you off that that people have this view of? accountancy as kind of because you know you're a musician and you've done all these amazing things but people do have this view of accountancy as a bit boring right
2: i mean it, it is a dry it is a dry subject i've just been um putting together some stuff to do some lecturing uh, at a music management course in up in london and again you know they wanted me to do presentations and I'm, you know it's having really having to think how you can put it together that doesn't involve you standing up there for 45 minutes or whatever talking about the driest subject matter on the planet, you know. So it's it again, it, it is a challenge to talk to people about it because it is at the end of the day, it's you know, it's very, it's a very dry, it's very dry subject.
0: Um when you're working and you're uh in your computer, so you're not on a phone call, you're just putting stuff in and your data entry and you're doing all emails and all that. What music are you listening to? Like, are you are, like, are you just like, is it on one side we're seeing this dry thing, but actually in your house or in your office you're listening to hardcore techno? Is that what's happening?
2: Well, it's funny actually. I've got a photograph that a drummer client of mine sent me, and he actually had a t-shirt made, and he's got a photo of himself um, backstage at some big festival somewhere, holding his drumsticks in an inverted crucifix with a t-shirt saying my accountant listens to Slayer <laughs> <laughs>
0: so there you go the world of accountancy in one image <laughs> um, Craig thank you very much for this genuinely it was um, it was really I, I always felt as when I when I first met you all those years ago it was one of those things that when I started getting paid and back in the day, you used to be able to get, you just got paid cash as well. Yeah. And there were many, many occasions where me and my friends would wander around with just literally, literally hundreds of pounds worth of, yeah. of, of, because we like, we don't know what to do with it. Like, Oh God, no, we, you know, we were paid on a sun on a Saturday night at the banks aren't open and we're like, Oh no, we just, you know, and, and just being able to, it, what it did do was, it freed me up. So I stopped worrying about all that stuff. Um, and then concentrate, because I always had that constant, like, oh shit, it's going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a nightmare. But when I, when I spoke to Craig and when I, and when people speak to an accountant, you do go, oh, okay, this is something that I don't know about, but at least someone does know about. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can, like Craig said, uh, I know not my limitations. I know people who can kind of
2: help. And that's sort of what this one was about, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot, Craig. It was a lot of help.
2: Uh, Thanks, Mark, for the opportunity to...
1: No problem. Um, And you will
0: almost definitely get... Because we are recording this... On the 29th of June, 2021, and the, um, there's a new government scheme coming out all about the pandemic at some time in July. And I will definitely be sending Craig a message going, I've seen this on the BBC News. <laughs> what does it mean? What does it actually, what does that mean? And most of my emails are, what does that mean?
1: <laughs> um, Craig, look after yourself and uh, we'll speak soon.
2: Yeah, you too. Nice to meet you, Ricky.
1: Yeah, nice to meet you, Craig. See you. Have a good one. Yeah, cheers, Bye, guys. See you.
2: Bye.
1: Thank you, people who listened to this episode today.
0: Next week, uh, I think we might do my gardener. I think I might do my gardener.
1: <laughs> on. Do um, your green grocer, your dentist. Let's get your doctor on.
0: All those guys. All those guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening to O-Captive. My captain. We are back next week. Uh, thank you, Ricky Masindo, for... Uh, um, Humour in me, but also realising that, like always, there was a little bit of method in Mark Oliver's Madness.
1: There is always method in the madness, and I love it. Good. Uh, thank you very much for
0: listening, and we will see you. Oh, I keep doing that contacting thing. I, I never get messages from... I get messages informally from people going, I really like that podcast. I, I want it on social media so I can retweet it. Like, can you... Yeah. Stop being nice to me in the street. Be nice to, <laughs> and at gigs. Be nice to me in public so yeah. we can then retweet it and more people can listen. So I, yeah. I, I, I love you saying nice things, but, you know, write them.
1: Write them. Write them. Make them public. <laughs> Put them in writing. Yeah. Make, it, make Get Be a lawyer big. to notarize it.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, just uh, just, uh, if you do have any feedback on this particular episode, maybe don't, you know, write that. Let me know. privately <laughs> 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 All the other episodes Go as big as you can This one Just subtly tell me Just, just, so just, me just subtly
1: right, yeah, Yeah That's good Give us a thumbs up
0: um, Ricky Masindo I am going back uh, To my I'm literally in my holiday inn So uh, I might be go- I might go back to bed uh, And uh, Do some admin Horizontally Please do Please do That sounds you like a admin. euphemism For wanking doesn't it Horizontal It really does it really Horizontal does. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Horizontal Horizontal <laughs> admin <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. 100%. I'm gonna admin the shit out of myself. Oh,
1: captain, um <laughs> oh, captain, uh, cartoon,
0: my so, And I will speak to you soon. Oh
1: captain, yeah. my yes.
0: captain! Love, 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 Goodbye. Right. Take care buddy, I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, see ya.